Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Solo podcast. I am so happy to have one of my first guests, Melinda Poitras, on our show. Thank you so much, Melinda, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, I wanted everybody to know, for those of you who do not know who Melinda Poitras is, I feel like so many people do know, how can you not know who she is? But I wanted you to introduce yourself and tell us where you're from, where your family is from, your education, your ministry, and maybe even something unique about yourself that people may not always know. Okay, so my name is Melinda Poitras. I'm 34. Um, I did have to do the math um, with the year I was born (laughs) when you asked me that earlier. So I'm 34. Um, My mom is from Alabama. My dad is from Canada. They met in Nigeria, West Africa. Um, So they got married on the AIM program, um, which dad now runs. So that's kind of cool. Mom was the first ever AIMer. Dad now runs the AIM program for the organization. Um, They took me back to, she came back to the States to have me. They took me back to Nigeria when I was seven weeks old. So we lived in Nigeria till I was six. The week I turned six, we moved to Ghana, West Africa. So I lived in Africa for 19 years, came back to the States, went to Indiana Bible College. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's in theology with a minor in religious education. Um, I was a nanny for a long time. Still, I think my favorite job I've ever had. And now I teach fifth grade um, at New Life Academy in St. Louis, where I also attend church. I attend church at New Life under Brianna and Aaron Bachelor. It's the best church on the planet. You cannot mm-hmm. tell me otherwise because they're the best people on the mm-hmm. planet, which you would know. They are. Yes, absolutely. You know them. Um, what else? I have written some books. Those are out there. Um, I speak a little bit when I'm asked. Um, I try to go through doors that are open. I am obsessed with black raspberry iced tea from Seven Brew. If you had ever told me a year ago that I would be obsessed with like a fruity tea, I would have told you that you are wrong. But I drive 30 minutes to the Seven Brew and I order two of them. (laughs) That is the secret about me that few people know. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and yes, you and I did go to the same church at New York mm-hmm. when I lived in St. Louis and I attended Urshan Graduate School of Theology and did go um, there with brother and sister bachelor, who I agree, amazing, amazing people, amazing church. So I'm glad that we have that connection there. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to just to tell people, because you did say that you, I know that you've written a couple of books, but what are the names of your books? Just in case anybody wants to know. Okay, so there's one called Because. It's a youth study on why we believe what we believe. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one called Warrior Princess, which is about just owning your identity in Christ as a woman. Um, The newest one is called Preaching in Pink. Um, It's probably my favorite. It's probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever written. It's basically about me getting my heart broken on every national holiday. Um, Mm -hmm. If you had asked me if I would ever write a book like that, I think that I would, it would have been in the Black Ice Tea category. You know, I would have said, no, that's not me. Um, but I'm just really grateful to have been able to do it. And I'm really proud of it. 
So yeah, those are the main three. I did work on a book called Disasters Minister um, with Lynn Jewett, okay. um, which is my favorite project I've ever been a part of. And it's just her story and missions as a single woman. And she's phenomenal. Um, and so it was a great honor to be a part of that as well. And for a while there, I wanted to say too that you did, were doing a podcast, which I know heard so many amazing things about. And what was the name of the podcast that you do? He said, she said, is what it was called. It was the one with books and bros. So, Mm -hmm. got it. And I know you talked a lot about, you know, relationships and dating and kind of had some different people coming on. So, Mm -hmm. um, I remember tuning into that and thinking, wow, that is amazing. That's some good stuff. And you are, are you licensed minister? I am. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Because when you talked about the the book, I was like, I'm pretty sure she's a licensed minister. So in the state of Missouri. So we're going to jump in and we're going to go kind of segue into kind of talking about singles ministry. And you mentioned that you are 34 and you are single. So I wanted to just ask in this season as a single woman, what has been some of the valuable lessons that you've learned? I feel like this is what everyone says, so don't hate me, Um, but one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned is not to wait, because Mm -hmm. here's the thing, even while you're waiting, um, because I'm privileged to have a lot of wonderful people in my life, and they're in all different stages of life, and the thing that I began to notice is that in every stage, there's something to work toward, there's something to be upset about, there's something that you still don't have. Um, I just remember noticing, you know, that my single friends want to be dating and then my dating friends really want to be engaged. And my engaged friends really want to be married and my married friends really want, you know, the right house or the right ministry or the right next step or the right location, or they really want a baby. And then my friends with babies really want to sleep, you know, <laughs> they would really just love to be sleeping. Um, and so contentment, I don't think this is, I think it's popular to say, but I also think that we hate to internalize it. The topic of contentment and um, doing whatever your hand finds to do with excellence and walking through the doors that are open to you and enjoying the life that you have. Um, I think that I'm tempted to be like, yeah, I'll do that when I have a husband to, you know, to be with me when mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the life I have. Um And then, yeah, sure, maybe we'll want to know what we're doing next or we'll want a house or we'll want a baby, but I'll be content because I'll have a husband. And I just don't think that that's the case. At least that's not what I've observed. My friend's husbands are magical, but they actually did not end up fixing everything. You know, I think that um, books end and credits roll and everybody lives happily ever after and we never experience what comes after that. And so whatever road the Lord has given you to walk, is what he's given me to walk is the perfect path for me. The timing is perfect for me. The people that he sent are perfect for me. Um, the tasks that he's given me are perfect for me. And just learning to be content, to fight for contentment, mm-hmm. to keep a gratitude list, to forcibly remember the things that are going right, the things that I have that you know, other people would really want to have, um, that I would tend to (laughs) disregard or toss them by the wayside because like this opportunity is really cool, but it's not a husband, is it? You know, like, I'm so glad I got to publish a book, but 
the book, you know, is on my nightstand. It's not really blessing my life on the daily. You know what I'm saying? So I think just really turning my heart towards contentment and all the things that the Lord has given me and the richness of the life that he's handing me right now is probably the biggest thing that I have learned. And it's taken a minute to learn it. So I'm thankful that you said that. And I, as a person who has also never been married and still kind of in that waiting stage too, I can understand um, the thought of like feeling sometimes like your accomplishments, you think that, oh, well, I did this and I did that when people maybe who are married or other people are thinking, wow, I wish I had done that. You know, it's kind of like the grass is always sort of greener on the other side. And and you said just because, you know, they're married doesn't necessarily mean that it fixed things. Right. So um, just having that realization of this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And this is the path that God has for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty, a very powerful statement that you made is this is just, this is my path. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be somebody else's path because we all have very different paths. Right. So, and I remember the day that was maybe the hardest is so funny is the day that I went in to get my general license because I was just having I was just having the hardest time because I was like, Reverend is not the prefix that I wanted to affix. <laughs> right. to this is not what we wanted. Um, and it was also the day that the Lord was so beautifully present with me. Um, I will just never forget just how tangibly he was so present with me. I did not feel alone the entire time. Cause you know, like you're psyching yourself up to go into that interview and you're like, well, everyone's here with their spouse and I'm here with this handkerchief. So (laughs) (laughs) cool. Um, it's not, I think that I have in my lifetime tended to view him and his presence as some sort of consolation prize. Mm. Like Melinda, I'm not going to give you this, but I'm going to give you myself. And when I do that, I'm not, depriving him I'm depriving me because he really is all in all and everything that we need and will be if if we let him so so I I'm thank you for answering that question because wow that is um the consolation prize I think that is really (laughs) going through my mind of how many times I've actually said that myself and I'm sure there's so many of our listeners men and women and mainly mainly women of like consolation prizes like this isn't what exactly what I wanted thank you lord but this isn't Mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted I wanted something different but all right you know but realizing he is our all in all he is the ultimate prize we just kind of don't really understand that so I wanted to go into my next question and I wanted to ask what has been some of the challenges that you have faced and you just kind of mentioned the whole going in and getting your minister's license, but what have been some, maybe some of the other challenges just in general that you have faced, um, you know, being in this stage of your life and not quite getting exactly what we maybe had thought of. And I say we at this season of marriage and maybe these other things. I think probably one of the major ones I was thinking about this is that I'm just going to go ahead and say that I don't think that we're all promised marriage. Um, I don't, I think that there are many promises of the word of God to lean on. And I'm not sure that everybody, you know, living in a two-story house, the picket fence with the husband of their dreams is, or the wife of their dreams. I'm not discounting any male listeners is something that we are all promised or that everybody gets. 
mm-hmm. having said that, you know, the Lord puts personal promises on our lives and tells us things and sends people to tell us things and um, gives us dreams. And I believe when we're submitted to him, um, turns the desires of our heart in the direction that he wants them to go. So I think that one of the hardest challenges for me is you said this is coming. Why isn't it here yet? Um, you have, you know, you've given me a list of people to pray over and every day I'm crossing someone else off it. Why am I still here? Um, so that has been just kind of wrestling with the word of the Lord. And I guess we've been wrestling with the word of the Lord from the beginning of time. Uh, that's kind of an Eve thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also an Eve thing. It's in the curse for, um, what does it say? Her desire will be unto her husband. So we're actually like hardwired to want that. Right. That was just a side note. I just think it's kind of interesting. So just um, wrestling with the Lord's timing and um, what he said and his word and believing, believing what he has said, regardless of anything else, that has been, um, that has probably been one of the major challenges. Another kind of interesting one is, um, you know, maybe just being single is not the only thing about your life that isn't how you thought it would look you know what I mean and so then there's I did everything that you said or to the best of my ability I am still here why am I still here and just you know my thinking that um if I do what he calls me to do it'll be easy if I do what he asked me to do it won't break my heart and I don't know why we think that because if we really read scripture you know, any person who is called by him, any prophet, any, you know, like look at the story of Joseph. It's not like, I can't think of one story in scripture actually right now that worked out, you know, just like so magically, like no fairy godmothers show up in the word. <laughs> um, he always has a way for us to take. And a lot of the times it's for the development of our character. And I don't want my character to be developed. You know, I want to develop some land and build a house um but just kind of laying down my preconceived notions of how things should be um and and allowing the lord to walk beside me and teach me and show me the good that he intends in how things are I think is probably one of the biggest um, challenges that I faced that and the amount of money that I've spent being a bridesmaid, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> there's that as well. Oh, that's so funny. And it's so good and true. Um, but I wanted to go back to what you said about how sometimes we wrestle with the word of God, because when you were talking, I'm thinking to myself, the scripture that says, put him first, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you and he will give you the desires of our heart. And so many times we take those scriptures and we think if I do X, Y, and Z, if I put him first, if I do what God, then automatically all of these things, everything that I want is going to happen. And it's not quite like that. So, you know, you mentioned these scriptures and these stories about Joseph and all of these things. And you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) it's not quite like what we think it is. And Mm -hmm. so being able to understand that is, is really important for us. And so I, we've talked about some of these struggles, but what, um, 
how have you dealt with these struggles? How have you been able to continue on and go forward and move forward? And I know, you know, some of the thoughts would be, well, you know, I prayed a lot or, but what have been some of the things that you personally really have done that have helped you in these times of struggles? Okay. So with that particular one, the one that you just referenced, it was really good for me the day that I realized, you know, that I was upset because A plus B didn't equal C. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I sought you first. I sought your kingdom that did not equal the desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my sin plus my shame shouldn't equal eternal life with him. You know, my um, honestly lack of extended education plus uh, you know my great career as a nanny should not equal speaking opportunities do you know what I'm saying like I could go mm-hmm. on and on um, and just kind of flipping the table um, my sister's a counselor she calls it reframing but mm-hmm. just kind of flipping the table mm-hmm. on yes you know maybe that's not fair but this wasn't fair either you know my blessings aren't fair either so just kind of training myself and I'm not perfect at this we have very bad days we throw things on occasion (laughs) um but just kind of retraining my thought process and um looking at different perspectives and that brings me to you know having people to talk to like my sister who will go ahead and tell me when I need to be reframing or um there is no replacement for seeking out godly mentorship. People who have been in ministry before me, people who have been um, single before me, people who have, who are just women um, mm-hmm. in general. So that is really, really vital, I think. Um, especially because, you know, if you're going to go into a dating relationship at any age or any stage, I just think it's a really good idea. You know, people always know what I'm doing and who I'm talking to and who I'm interested in. And then, you know, if we get our heart broken, we have gotten our heart broken, you know, (laughs) like this wasn't a decision that I made because I thought someone was cute on their motorcycle at the gas station. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then all my decisions are like that. You know, if I make a poor business move, like, well, we did everything we could. We sought out counsel and we are going to find a solution. Um, so that has been really helpful. Um, these are simple things, the most, but we're going to go ahead and what has really been helpful to me in this season is like drinking water and um, going on walks. Endorphins are our friend. Mm-hmm. And also we're supposed to take care of our body. So I'm really learning that we are lacking in that area. Um, just simple, simple things. Like I'm going to take 10 minutes today and I'm going to look, I'm going to light this candle and I'm going to look out this window and I'm going to realize that like nature exists and the Lord is a beautiful creator. I'm going to go lay outside and I'm going to like look at the massive amount of ground around me and look up at the sky and understand that the world is bigger than me and my problems and the things that I'm focused on. So just little things like that have also been insanely helpful. Self-care, self-care. Mm-hmm. Yes, self-care. Self-care, that's good. Mm-hmm. So what have been some of the blessings? We just talked about the struggles, but what have been some of the blessings that maybe some people don't really think about because we're so focused on the negative sometimes. We have that mindset, but there have been so many blessings. So what have those looked like for you in your season of singleness? Okay. Um, this is, I've already mentioned this one time, but that's because I'm friends with a lot of moms. I sleep. 
a lot. <laughs> and by a lot, I mean seven hours a night. I don't mean like, you know, that I'm sleeping all the time, but the amount of sleep that I get compared to um, the amount of sleep my friends get is just <laughs> the biggest blessing. And I think about it often. Like when I, you know, wake up, when I open my eyes at 8 a.m. and I've had that two extra hours with nobody demanding breakfast, mm-hmm. I really <laughs> think about it. Um, just the, the freedom, obviously, that it provides as far as I'm not, I don't ask, why well, you know, obviously I seek counsel, but I don't ask anyone else about my decisions. I'm not, it doesn't affect anyone else if I want to take a month and go to Europe or if I want to take a month and read books and not make dinner and not talk to anyone. So the freedom that it's provided. And then I think just the time that I have um, to, obviously I would rather I don't want any part of this podcast to come away like Melinda loves being single. Um, Obviously, I would rather focus my attention on um, like one person, like seven brides for seven brothers. And she's like to cook and clean care for just one man. Um, Spoiler alert. This is before she realizes that her husband has seven brothers that she's supposed to be taking care of as well. But um, there is a lot of time to formulate um, and invest in a greater variety of people mm-hmm. um, this way. So that is one of the things that I really appreciate, just the variety that's in my life. So, yeah. And so what are things that you want our listeners to know about being single in your 30s? Because it's a very different thing about being single in your 20s mm-hmm. or being single in your late teens. But when you're single in your 30s, things tend to look a little bit different. So as you are kind of maybe talking to some of our listeners who are also in their 30s, what are some of the things that you want them to know or maybe who are younger or who are older or, or who are married? Because I'm sure there are some that will be listening to our podcast that are married. So what would you like to share with them about that? Um, Daniel Bernard on Wednesday, last Wednesday at church, preached this message that I'm telling you I would like to learn calligraphy so that I can like transcribe it verbatim. I have never, it was not, you know, we were not weeping in the altar. It was just so good. Every, oh, every aspect of it was so good, but it was about purpose over plan. Mm. And he was just talking about how we always want to know the plan. What, what, you know, what should I do, God? What should I do? And really we should be more focused on God. Who should I be? Hmm. Who should I be in you? And that is, if I, he just worded a concept the Lord has been working, you know, working through with me. So it's not like just on Wednesday, I was like, (gasps) it should be about who, who I am. Um, But if I had, I wish that I had, known about that thought about that really comprehended that so much earlier than I did in life because that's what we want I want the plan and I'm like that's fine if you know like if I'm gonna be single till I'm 38 that's great just let me know um that when I'm 38 he's coming into the picture and I will need to have a b and c um you know like does my passport need to be up to date do I need to be (laughs) learning to speak French like what you know what needs to be happening and um if we could learn to focus more on the Lord's purpose for us and who he wants us to be and develop that in every season 
I just think it would be the biggest gift to ourselves and to to others, to the world. Um, and wait, obviously, wait well, but don't put your life on hold. You know, if you want, and this is not, I mean, I would love it if somebody waved a wand and gave it to me, but this is not like a goal I have. Like, mm-hmm. but if you want a ranch style house um, where you are living and making beautiful meals for your friends and having life groups and the neighborhood children are running through, work towards that you know, work towards that. Don't wait for someone else to come beside you in order to do that. Um, things like that, things like that. I think that we don't think about our purpose enough and that we don't have our goals in front of our face enough. Um, because there are things that the Lord wants us to accomplish right now. So figuring out those things and focusing on those things. And this is a great one at any age and any stage, focusing on what we can control giving the rest to the Lord. I don't know how many days I have spent focusing on what I can't control and things that I can control are decaying around me because I'm not paying any attention to them because I am facing the future. So focusing on what we can control, embracing our purpose, doing what he has called us to do today, right now, having goals and working toward them. Those are the things. Yeah. Focusing on right now, because <laughs> I think focusing on the future will drive you crazy. And I know, I think too, people that say, don't focus on the past because there's nothing you can do about it. Don't focus on the future because there's nothing you can do about it either. So yeah, I'm just focusing on right now. That's really great. So I wanted to ask, how have you been able to use your experience in ministry? Now, you and I mentioned uh, before the podcast started, I was meant talking about how that you are, um, I saw that you are going to be speaking at the Young Ladies Conference in Oklahoma, but there have been several opportunities that you have been um, been able to use, speaking and stuff, but have, how have you been able to use your experience in your ministry? Mm-hmm. All right, so really what happens is that the Lord just opens doors for me to um, tell the stories of what he's doing in my life right now. Um, And it's been, they've not really, it's not been like a targeted um, kind of niche area either. Because you would think it'd be like just young, just young girls or just, um, so I'm doing the girls conference in Oklahoma. I'm also doing Oklahoma ladies conferences here. Um, Or it will be Sunday services or it'll be like missions clubs or, you know what I'm saying? It's not ever... um, so I preach a message about confetti that men love for some mm-hmm. reason. Like if anybody's going to come tell me about the confetti, it's, you know, a man. And he's like, I have it on my bookshelf. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, um, I don't think you should ever put any limits on the way that God is going to use your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's different for all of us, but whatever your story is, he wants to use that for ministry. Um, because your story is a part of his story and we're always supposed to be telling that, you know? And I just think in particularly the way that singleness has come into play, um, in ministry is that people really appreciate and respond to vulnerability Mm -hmm. and, um, everybody knows about crying on their bathroom floor you know, and this just happens to be the reason that I cry on my bathroom floor. <laughs> other people have other reasons. <laughs> it just happens to be mine. Um, so just 
the ability to share um, our story, whatever it is, I think is what he loves to use for his kingdom and for ministry. And I just want to mention, I'm pretty certain that I saw that you were one of the keynote speakers at like Missouri District Conference or Missouri Camp or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like you mentioned, it's just not a certain uh, group of people. I mean, you have been able to speak to several different groups. And so I love that you said that, you know, some of the men are like, I love your sermon. And so you've been (laughs) able to reach all different demographics with your story. But one of the things that I love about you, Melinda, and I have been able to hear you speak, I think the last time was probably when I was at the Deborah Project, but I do love the vulnerability that you have and what a testimony that is to be able to kind of just let some of those things out there. But what a blessing because you can, you know, you can definitely, it'll resonate with so many people and be like, I feel that way too. Maybe I wouldn't be able to say that out loud, but I'm so glad that you can because that allows me to feel that vulnerability and for God to touch me in that way so um, that that is a huge blessing in and of itself for people that are able to be recipients of you know that ministry that God has allowed you to have Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask some of our closing remarks and I have just thoroughly enjoyed my time with you and I know that so many of the things that you have mentioned will also resonate with other people and will be a blessing but what are some of the last encouraging words that you'd like to share with our listeners. Okay. So this is the story that I really felt that I should share today. I have um, a beautiful group of friends, a beautiful group of women in our church. And um, we were all waiting on various things. And it got down to it. There's a picture of us like at a baby shower that we were throwing someone for their miracle baby. And one of my friends had texted me one day, just a text that meant the world. And she was like, this is, you know, here's this picture that I keep on my desk. This is what happened for this person in this picture. This is what happened for that person in this picture. And then, you know, here are you and I, and we're still waiting. And I just, it was just a beautiful moment of like, we're in this together. Um, She has since then received her miracle though. And I just remember it was the most beautiful, beautiful moment, you know, on earth when she, you know, I wrapped her in my arms and she was sobbing. She was so excited. And, but she said, now all we need, you know, basically now all we need is for you to be sorted. And I just, those are not the exact words. I think the exact words were too telling. So we're just going to go, with, <laughs> we're just going to go with that. And I just, it was the most beautiful moment. And I'm so grateful But I think that this can be a thing that happens to us, that we carry this with us. Like, wow, like now her miracle is living and breathing and existing and running and having birthdays. And it's just me waiting. But if you have a word today and you are waiting on that, I want you to know that you are never waiting on the fulfillment of a word or a promise alone because you are always waiting with the word. And he knows what he said and he knows what he's doing. And it's not ever too late. It's not ever too late and you are not ever alone. It's not ever too late and you're not ever alone. 
that's what I want people to know today. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Melinda Poitras, for joining us on this episode of Navigating Solo Podcast for Single Adult Ministries. You have definitely ministered to me. I know that. And so I know that this um, podcast is going to be a blessing to so many others. So thank you, Melinda, for joining us. And I just wanted to say, if you have not gotten her books, if you had not gotten to hear her speak, you are definitely going to be um, blessed by her uh, her writing and all the other things that she does. So thank you, Melinda, again. And thank you to all of our listeners on Navigating Solo. Until next time, God bless. Bless. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.